Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. So the main challenge here uh, was the access and filtering data on scale, because our clients uh, wanted to work with the reconciliation results with the, like almost like with zero latency. And uh, this is our idea of creating a custom cache layer on the base of ClickHouse database was born. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. These talks are designed to both introduce advanced subjects and provide insight into the work being done in these fields. Hello and welcome to my episode of Women Who Code podcast, where I'm going to talk about the challenge many projects face and real-life example of solving it. The title of this talk is Leading Technical Transformation at Projects While Releasing New Features Regularly. And it's very long uh, title, but I will get, I will bring more details um, so it's going to get clearer. Um, but before we dive into the topic, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Anastasia Mishatovich and I have more than 10 years of experience in software engineering. I started as a backend engineer and currently working as senior engineer and technical lead of reconciliation team in Duco. Duco is a fast growing company. We help our clients with managing data on scale and solving the problem of consolidation, standardization, and reconciliation any type of data. And uh, increasing number of clients and volumes of data users submit daily, complexity of requests raise the need of improving performance by making fundamental changes in architecture of our SaaS platform. Um, In this case study, I will show you the approach my team and me have chosen to mitigate the risk of adopting new technology and making crucial changes, but also we'll talk about uh, rolling out in controlled manner. So let me bring a bit more context here. At some point, our users started noticing some performance degradation. Uh, For example, when they work with particularly large reconciliation results. After some immediate performance enhancements, like uh, like of queries and um, of our MySQL configuration, such as changing order order in joins uh, of our queries, introducing new indexes, um, introducing maybe nested queries, um, maybe using temporary tables, etc. We we realize that it's actually it's not enough and uh, the trend of growing volume of data and diversity and complexity of filter conditions and also growing number of active users, all this is pushing us to a completely different architecture. So the main challenge here uh, was the access and filtering data on scale. Uh, And uh, because our clients uh, wanted to work with the 
reconciliation results with the like almost like with zero um, uh, latency. And uh, this is how idea of creating a custom cache layer on the base of ClickHouse database was born. So primary and the main source of truth was still MySQL, our main database. But in ClickHouse, as only when we need it, we copy data from MySQL from our primary source and build on top of that temporary reconciliation result view in ClickHouse. So ClickHouse view were by, by default optimized for heavy reads and diverse filtering conditions. Um, but also nature of um, ClickHouse database, like column-based database, impressed, impressed us with the performance and uh, um, performance of read queries specifically, but also simplicity to work and integrate with. Um, for example, ClickHouse understands SQL and overall we found it very, very similar to, to my, how we work with MySQL. Um, also, we had multiple spikes and proof of concept, uh, which demonstrated dramatic improvements and potential. Um, so, so engineering team decided to move processing um, of reconciliation result request to the new service on top of ClickHouse. This was a really large technical transformation project uh, in the core of our application uh, for improving performance and scalability and yield benefits from adopting new technology. But despite of the scope and risks, it was cru so crucial, um, so we can't really postpone it. And uh, in the meantime, we were thinking that we can't really allow it blocking new features from other teams. So we, like our engineering team, had to guarantee zero regression and no disruption for users. And users ideally should see in the result of this project, they should see only better performance. And that's it. no functional changes. And also, again, we were keeping in mind that there are other teams and um, changing code, they, they changing code actively and they're releasing new features actively as well. So we don't want to block them. So what, what did we do? Um, first, we started with detailed technical documentation and uh, the, the large score, uh, scope, um, we, we decided to split it into deliverable chunks to avoid waterfall approach. The very first uh, milestone uh, represented MVP, minimum valuable product. In our case, it was showing static reconciliation results for one, just one type of processes. Um, after, after getting uh, recon reconciliation job completed. At that stage, we had to build only data model for ClickHouse database synchronize MySQL and ClickHouse to get data from one database to another, and implement API controllers and to allow those API to be to serve uh, front-end. Every following 
deliver a chunk of logic enabled a new function to user. So new process type support or adding, editing data or filtering data or sorting data, a recovery from issues, cleanup, etc., etc. It was like very small um, scope of, for each uh, milestone. But also, apart from functional, um, functional uh, aspects, we define non-functional requirements. We agreed on testing. For example, we include performance, functional, and resilient suits. All of them were like separated in separate suits because they have separate targets, like different targets. We discussed rollout plan, and very importantly, we had to define metrics because we had to answer the question how do we know that something is working how do we know that something is performing well so we um so for beginning uh, it was just success failure ratio read write ratio uh time of round trip of request and cache rebuild time, also some ClickHouse internal metrics. Except for planning and estimation purposes, we used the technical document as a reference for other teams. For example, team infrastructure, we needed testing environment with the preloaded data and support with going live. And we had to communicate with them and explain uh, what do we need and uh, when and, and what the project is about. Also, we had to communicate with other teams as well because their services, pipelines, plans might be affected. As you can see, all our decisions uh, had a goal of minimizing risk and uh, how to be confident, how to build, how to develop in the way that we're confident with our releases. Um, that's why we set a goal of getting feedback and metrics as early as possible and escape long-living feature branches and big big bands when we merge in them. So small direct, uh, iteration, um, integrating changes early and frequently became essential. The very first thing to do was introducing a feature switch. It allowed us to merge code and unit integration tests into the main branch, but hide it from users until we're ready to the feature to be to be uh, enabled. But the problem of the code not being used remain remained because um, feature switches uh, were off, and uh, even on QA, and spe specifically on uh, production environment, uh, it wasn't ready it wasn't ready to substitute all functionalities. So it is understandable. It was less than ideal, uh, less than ideal for us because no interaction with logic uh, happens, um, even if it's just QA environment. So we're getting zero feedback, zero natural validation, um, zero bugs. Um, and other teams also could break uh, our code without even noticing it. So it was like, it was dangerous 
to leave it like that. And, and it, it was all because it wasn't actively used. So immediate solution was writing some end-to-end -end test to prevent code to be broken by other teams. And then we integrated those end-to-end -end tests to be run as a part of pipeline um, with the two modes, um, feature switch is on and feature switch is off. So we were testing two, two flows when regression testing and our feature testing as well. But the main challenge was in proving that the changes we deliver, A, don't bring regression in functionality, and B, performance is improved. So proving is, is the key, key word here. Because the testing tools we used at that point, they had quite, quite some disadvantages. For example, unit and integration tests, they cover, they cover only specific parts of functionality. And end-to-end -end tests and performance Gatling tests, they heavily depend on um, data characteristics and volumes in, in database, but also types of requests and their frequency. So there, are, there were so many um, elements of equation um, which, yeah, you, you can never be sure that you identify them uh, correctly. They are imperfect by nature because the scenario reflects developers' understanding of the way how clients using the platform. With growing number of diverse clients, it's impossible to guarantee. And uh, also, no QA database could be as large as production database not only because it's extremely expensive to support such huge database, but also because different clients um, on our production service, they have slightly different um, configuration database. So which client would you pick as a, as a target, as an as example to, to test against? That was a question. So in summary, summarizing everything, to prove we achieved the goal, we needed production-like data and production-like volumes and real-life scenarios at the same time. And that's the key moment of this podcast. Traffic mirroring solved this problem for us. And that helped us to make this project successful. This is a concept. On production environment, we deploy new service. And uh, we set up ClickHouse database. We expose new API endpoints side by side with existing service and its API. But nothing changes for user. They still interact with the main API, and uh, it delegates requests to the main service. But every request to the main service is now mirrored to the new service API, which means the same user request is processed twice by main service and by new service. But again, user still gets response from the main service, from the primary database. So it's zero risk because nothing changes from user perspective. But this way, our new service works with 
real data and real requests. And uh, we log metrics and we check correctness of each response by comparing both responses are the same. So we gathering statistics in, in the background. Very important moment here that we had to make sure that traffic mirroring won't affect uh, system functionality. We had to prevent errors and slow responses. And this is how we do it. Traffic mirroring had its own feature switch uh, to separate some necess necessary code adjustments from the feature implementation. In traffic mirroring mode, um, there were no modifications of the main database. That's very important. We didn't want any, any changes uh, because of our testing. Um, so our tests were checking that on unit, um, unit testing level. Um, in case of any errors in traffic mirroring logic, um, we caught it. We log it or we logged it, but we prevent any further propagation. So we set a timeout for traffic mirroring request, taking in case of if some requests taking longer time to, to complete. Um, later, we added possibility to destroy and rebuild the cache la layer if needed. I would like to say a few more words about how we were comparing old and new request processing because it's 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 the key. Um, old and new services for oh, old and new services they log um, request um, ID uh, timing hash of response result uh, because logging all items from response was just inappropriate um, decision. And also some metadata of a run. Um, we decided not to implement any real-time comparison tool because we were cautious of possible latency it might bring. Um, just imagine, in, it, it takes time to compare responses, uh, but also it makes both requests uh, for main uh, service and for um, new service um, depend on each other. And we had to wait to, we had to wait for slowest request to complete. And it brings some risk because what if slowest gonna be too slow? Instead, we logged metrics of both requests independently and um, we, um we 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 could compare responses um and their metrics um by finding the same request id in log message because two responses they should have the same request id and they're going to be and then they're going to be comparable um then we parse log messages with elasticsearch so that those logs were available in Kibana, Grafana, and we were able to visualize uh, and build dashboards and use those metrics for monitoring and comparing 
automatically and observe trends. So also we establish upper limit of request processing time for the new service and created an alert based on that in Grafana. Um, also before enabling traffic mirroring on production, just for one process, we tested um, Grafana dashboards for monitoring and alerts on QA environments. Also, we didn't enable traffic mirroring for all processes for all clients simultaneously. That's very important. We were enabling a one process per time, and when we built it, when we were sure that actually we it's safe to enable for whole client, we were doing that. So it's very incremental changes <clears throat> because we had the traffic uh, traffic mirroring feature switch what had very granular um, scope for that. But it's fair thing to say, not everything went smoothly. So for example, as you saw, there were so many uh, small moves, small steps, and uh, they required a lot of communication and approvals because we were, as I said before, we were touching core, core logic of our application of our system and um, we had to be transparent and uh, to other teams and keep um, aware their awareness of what's happening and uh, we probably underestimated a little bit the organizational overhead and it slowed uh, um, down the process a little bit so we learned <laughs> about planning ahead uh, and communicate even earlier than we than than we used to. That's a that's a lesson number one. Lesson number two that sometimes we had to apply a lot of adjustments in the code to prevent database modification or to be careful with the effect of traffic mirroring. For example, we worried about performance, null pointer errors, and such, etc., uh, etc. But hiding that behind feature switch and uh, removing later, uh, we decided that it's a right way for us. So we were trying very hard to to <laughs> bubble it um, uh, under uh, feature switch. And the main the main lesson, um, is, is specifically for me, it's um, uh, it's about uh, perfectionism uh, because. Because of the specifics of our code base, we couldn't mirror every single um, request because the, we have some specific filtering requests and very special types. So it would be very expensive to support everything. So we decided to skip those because we, we decided that we don't need the perfect tool to cover all possible requests. All what we need is getting information about correctness and performance of majority requests to see trends, to see, um, uh, to see, uh, to to find maybe some special use cases which we didn't cover, and log them. And that was sufficient to make go no go decision. So don't let perfection to be uh, enemy. Of, of your team. Um, 
So while we were de developing next stage every time, um, we were gathering um, statistics for a week or two from traffic mirroring uh, feature. And uh, then we repeat cycle, we build, we release, we monitor in control low risk way. And then again, we build next uh, milestone, we release, and then we see how, how things performing. And eventually we guaranteed personalized uh, statistics from production environment. And we, we were able to prove readiness of the service to be enabled fully. And also we had this opportunity to have uh, statistics for, for client uh, before enabling feature fully. So we could enable traffic mirroring first, make sure that um, the client case is ready for uh, custom cache and then enable custom cache um, for them. So it was like very personalized proving um, tool uh, to lower down the risk. In conclusion, I would like to mention that many of our clients already benefit from using the new cache service and ClickHouse database. We plan to expand the functionality even further, and now we have a reliable process to achieve that. So this is how granular feature switch and traffic mirroring help us with integrating our changes early, build new functionality while gathering important metrics, including correctness and performance. And finally, we managed to take under control the risk of such ambitious projects. So thank you so much for listening. Um, it really means the world to me. And if you have any questions, please find me in social networks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate and comment.